I am what I am by the grace of God. How many of y'all would rather be right here and in the finest funeral home in the state? But you know what? That's going to be a better day for me. And I want you to know something. I'm never going to die. I'm going to graduate to glory because of what Jesus has done for me. And now I told my family, don't you ever say you lost me because you know where I'm going to be. And for those of us who have loved ones that have passed on, if they knew the Lord Jesus Christ and the full pardon and forgiveness of sin, they're not lost. They're with our Lord. And they wouldn't come back here if they could. Can you imagine leaving the presence of our Lord to come to this old world? How many daddies do we have here today? Alright, first of all, there's only one father. Based on what my Lord said, in Matthew 23, 9, the Lord Jesus said, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. I never did call mine father. Oh, I called him dad. I never would let my children call me father. I'm dad. I don't let the people that I've been blessed become a spiritual dad to. Oh, I'm not father. That's reserved for God Almighty alone. My Father is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And people say, well, I don't understand that. How could that be? I said, well, look at me. How many people are you looking at? But I'm three in one. I'm my parents' child. They're in glory. I was my wife's husband. She's in glory. I am my children's dad. Praise God, they're still here. But I'm just one. We are triune people. We need to realize that God gave us that gift of what He is. We got a little bit of Him. But He wants us to get all of Him. And I want every one of you to get all of Jesus there is to get. And we're going to talk about that today. People have asked me, well, what's your message going to be about? I ain't got a clue. Before I came, I begged that the church would bathe me in prayer. Then y'all wouldn't hear what I have to say that you need. I don't know that. But I know who does. And it's the Holy Spirit of God. And so I've asked Him to do the preaching today and just let me be here to kind of go along with Him, okay? You see, I'm not the smartest guy you've ever met. Matter of fact, I've been accused of being just a few fries short of a Happy Meal. And some said the whole bunch of fries. But I want to tell you something. I want you to look me in the eyes, every one of you. Look me in the eyes as I tell you something. I love you. I love you. I love you. You say, wait a minute, Terry, you don't know me. Yes, I do. Through the Holy Spirit of God. And He wanted me to come here and brag on the Lord Jesus and let you know my God loves you so much. That's why He went to an old rugged cross and shed that precious blood to cover dirty, rotten garbage like me. 
and you. And you know, some would say, well, I, I believe in God. I, I believe in Jesus. I believe the Bible. So does Satan. Oh, I go to church. Today, Satan's in more churches than the Lord Jesus is. Because we brought so much of the world into the church that the church is not going out in the world. And folks, we got to quit playing church and start being the church that the Lord Jesus died for and that He's called us to be. We are the difference makers on this earth for our Lord. Now, I'm going to put you on a spot right now. Pastor, I'm sorry. i got to say what i got to say. You better be honest in God's house. You better never lie in God's house. Y'all remember the story about the two that lied? And she became a pillar of salt? You better never lie. The Lord said, you shall be my witness. He didn't say, I think it would be a good idea. kind of like for you to do it. It's like when my daddy said, son, take out the garbage. My dad wasn't the kind to say, son, I'd really appreciate it. If you give deep consideration to obeying me. He said, boy, do it. My Lord said, child of mine, if you really my child, do it. Luke 19.10 says, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. How are you doing at that? With a raised hand. How many of you have led somebody to Jesus since January the 1st? Let me see your hands. Hallelujah. You wonder why this church isn't growing the way that the Lord wants it to? We're coming here sitting and being spectators. And my God didn't die for you to be a spectator. He came for you to be a participant and get off those holy seats and get out here and win this community to Jesus. But you say, wait a minute, we don't look alike. Yeah, we do. If we're covered by the rich red royal blood of Jesus, there's no red, yellow, black, and white. If you're my brother, sister, and Jesus, God made you that way for three reasons. Number one is for the world's good. Number two is for your growth in Jesus. And number three is for His glory. But are we giving Him the glory He Deserves and demands. Y'all got to quit playing church. I've never been here before in my life in this city. And I praise God that I see an example of what heaven's going to be. I see some white folks like me. I see some folks with darker skin than me. But we're the same on the inside if we have the same Holy Ghost in us. And we're here to love each other and minister together. And folks, God bless America. We're no longer a Christian nation. We've turned from God. We've turned from His Word. We've turned from the Lord Jesus. And we're butchering innocent unborn babies. That's not political, folks. That's biblical. God is the author of life. And we don't have a right to murder His babies. It's not abortion. It's murder. God help us 
to have enough intestinal, I'm from Georgia, to have enough guts to stand up for what's right. Many years ago, there in the Atlanta area, that's where I live. Well, no, that's where I get my mail. I'm on the road a lot. <laughs> but there in the Atlanta area, there was a, a, a little bitty tiny lady. She was five feet tall, and she only weighed 105 pounds. And she married a big old boy about six feet tall. Now, by the way, that's a big old boy to be because I'm only five six. Now, I may not be challenged. I mean, I, I may not be all I should be vertically, but I got the horizontal covered, okay? And my doctor told me, he said, man, you're in perfect shape. He said, round is the shape, you know. And he said, no, your weight, at that time I weighed 235. He said, man, that's perfect for a man six feet four inches tall. I said, well, I'm just a compact version, okay? But anyhow, this little lady married this big old guy. And a year after they were married, she had her first child. That boy weighed over eight pounds. Now, folks, I'm a fisherman, and where I come from, an eight-pounder's a keeper, okay? <laughs> Twenty months later, she had child number two. She's still 105 pounds. Of course, not during the pregnancy. But that second child weighed over 10 pounds. Two and a half years later, number three came. She's still 105 pounds. That one weighed over 12 pounds. Boy, we're not left to weigh in the 8 and the 10 and the 12. But the doctor said, ma'am, no more. Don't you even think of having another baby. Those boys have ruined your body. There is no way in this world you can carry another baby full term. If you try to, you likely won't live to raise your three boys. Don't get pregnant. She left, and three years later, she came back to the doctor. He said, oh, no, you're not. She said, yeah, I am. He said, ma'am, didn't you hear me? I told you don't do that. There's no way you can carry a baby nine months. And you may leave your boys without a mother. You better have an abortion right now. She said, no, sir. He said, why? She said, well, you see, my God is the author of life. And if my God meant for me to conceive, I'll bear this baby. And if need be, I'll die for my baby. The doctor was correct. That baby didn't go nine months. But I praise God that my mother didn't have the abortion. I was number four. And when I was born on January the 27th of 1942, I've shared this all over America. I've had many doctors say, Terry, in 1942 we didn't have the, the prenatal and the postnatal care. You're not supposed to be alive. The odds of your living were less than 2%. But you hear me. My God had a plan for my life. My God had a purpose for my life. And God has that for every one of these babies. And how can we sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, and butcher these babies? Oh, dear friends, family of God, 
Can you really say you love Jesus and you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God and agree with murdering those innocent unborn babies that don't have a voice? I believe with all of my heart that God has already given the opportunity for us to have the one who is going to be the cure for cancer and heart troubles. And we've butchered them. We've murdered them. As I've shared this, my testimony, all over America, you wouldn't believe how many ladies have come to me at the end of the service. Hey, hey Brother Tier, can I talk to you? Of course. With tears coming down. I've had an abortion. I said, honey, you listen to me. Abortion is not the unpardonable sin. If you confess your sin, He is willing and will forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I've had others come. Even here in Arkansas, I remember I was at a church up north when I was fishing a tournament and I preached. And I had a beautiful young lady come to me. Can I talk with you? I said, yes. She said, I'm scheduled to have an abortion this week. But after hearing what you said, I can't do it. She was there crying, and I was crying too. To thank God, let me share the story of my life and her come to faith in Jesus, and that baby's life was saved. Hallelujah. Now, folks, I'm just a plain old redneck Georgia fisherman. I have not been to college or Bible college and not seminary. But bless God, I've been to no rugged cross. And I met my master. And my master says, it don't matter what's behind you. You can't change it. Leaving those things behind. Philippians 3.14 I press on toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and our calling is to be more like Jesus. He came to seek and save that which is lost. You're going to leave this building today and you're going to be more fervent and more obedient in being the witness and the sole winner that God has called you to do. When the Lord spoke to my heart, by the way, I know I don't look it. I'm only 78. I look at 98, but, you know, 78. And y'all know about fishing, especially South Arkansas. You're just like a fish. Every one of you. You need to go into the big pond and you go into the frying pan. As the duck hunters here in this state say, that's a fact, Jack. But I'm not willing that any of you go to hell. But the reality is, unless you are born again, you're going to bust hell wide open. And you've got to get through me to go to hell. I'm not going to let you go. I joined the church as a nine-year-old boy. 
Because I heard a preacher preach about hell and he scared it out of me. And I walked down and joined that church that morning and I went through the waters of baptism and I thought, hey, everything's cool. In my teen years, I lived totally opposite of that. Oh, I went and rededicated. But you can't rededicate what's never been dedicated. And I got rebaptized. Baptism is not salvation. It's not even a part of your salvation. True believer's baptism is a result of your salvation. Well, the Lord blessed me with a beautiful lady that was my wife. On February the 4th, 1966, that beautiful lady said, I do. And I said, hot dog. <laughs> a year ago, last August 11, my baby went to glory. I didn't lose her. She had Alzheimer's, dementia. For three and a half years, I didn't preach, I didn't teach, I didn't sing, I didn't fish. I stayed with my baby, and I wouldn't put her in the hospital. The man, you listen to me right now. It's time for you to step up and be a real man. There are five priorities you better have in this order in your life. And ladies, this is for you too. The number one priority in your life must be the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord, your Master, your King, and oh yes, your Savior. But we're so busy claiming Him as our Savior. And if He's not Lord of all, pardon me, grammar, He ain't Lord at all. Jesus first. The second priority in your life is to be your mate. Your mate. Next to my salvation in Jesus, the greatest gift I've ever received was Gloria. The third part in my life, after Jesus, after my mate, is to be our children. And God blessed me with a beautiful daughter, Lisa, and my wonderful son, Greg. And I talk with them every day. They've already communicated with me to wish me a happy Daddy's Day. Jesus first, your mate second. Number three, your children and grandchildren. The fourth pride in your life after that is to be your work, your vocation. The Bible says, if you're not willing to work, you ought not to eat. We need to learn that, some of us, so we can teach it to those younger than us, because some of us didn't learn it, and that's why people today are wanting a handout. I don't want to give them a handout, I want to give them a hand up. <laughs> Jesus first, your mate second, your children third, your job fourth. And by the way, it's of God to work. The first thing He did with Adam is gave him a job. The fifth priority in your life after Jesus, your mate, your children, and grandchildren, and your job. Number five is to be your church. And I got news for you, folks. Pardon the grammar. This ain't the church. This is the meeting house of the church. The church is within us. That is the person of the Holy Spirit of God who comes into you at the moment of salvation. When you are saved, when you are born again, Jesus cannot come into your heart. 
Jesus is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. That's what He said He was going to do. That's what He's doing. But He said, when I go, I will send the Comforter to you. That's the Holy Ghost, folks. When I got saved, I got the Holy Ghost. Now, after my teen years, and Gloria and I got married, I was ordained a deacon in a big Baptist church in 1970. We had our two children, and I had about every job there is to have in church except preaching. I turned down a singing career. Believe it or not, with the Metropolitan Opera. I had a scholarship offered to Zurich, Switzerland to study at the Zurich Opera House. But I didn't go. You know why? I won the Southeastern Championship drag racing then. I'm a crazy mixed up guy, but I'm man enough to admit it, okay? But one Sunday my pastor got to meddling in my business. Kind of like what he does. But that man loves you so much, he won't do it unless the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to his heart and him preaching through your pastor. And he said, men, it's your responsibility to be the spiritual head of your home. Your children need to walk in your footsteps. Be man enough to walk in Jesus' footsteps and they'll come out okay. You're not to be the ruler of the home. The Lord Jesus is better at that than you'd ever be. So I went down and commend myself to be re-baptized again. But there was something missing. You see, I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. I believed in the Bible. And I had religion. But religion is going to send more people to hell than anything else. But on July the 7th of 1985, here I am a deacon. I'm one of the big dogs in that church. And I experienced something that morning I've never experienced before in 43 years. As my beloved pastor was preaching the Word of God, I experienced right there. Revelation 3.20 When the Lord said, Terry, behold, I said the door of your heart knocking. If you open that door and let me in, I'll save you. And the folks again, y'all know I'm not smart. But I don't knock on the door where I live and you don't either. Neither does the Lord God. That blew me away, folks. I knew right then it was put up or shut up. It was do it His way, only His way, and go to heaven, or I would condemn me to hell. God has never condemned anyone to hell. You choose to go there by not surrendering totally, unconditionally to the Lord Jesus. That morning, we had about a thousand in there. Again, I'm one of the big dogs. At that time of invitation, you couldn't have held me back with 47 bass boats. I walked down that aisle and my pastor was up front and he said, Brother Terry, why don't you come forward? 
I said, Rick, I just got saved. He said, do what? I said, Rick, I just got saved. He said, would you share this with the congregation? I said, yeah. I've sung in front of tens of thousands of people. No stage fright. But I always had a problem with speaking in public because, you see, I was the fourth of four boys and I was the run of the litter. And I was so, so small I couldn't do things. I said, hand me that microphone. <laughs> I said, folks, I want you to bear with me for a minute, but y'all just hang on. Glory, I want to ask you to forgive me, honey. I'm not what I was. Did you get yourself a new husband today? And Lisa and Greg were over there with all the youth. I said, Lisa, Greg, I want to ask y'all to forgive you, Daddy. You see, your daddy's been nothing but a liar and a hypocrite. And I had everybody fooled, including me. But there's one I could not fool. He dealt with my heart today. And I've had a personal funeral today. I have died to me, myself, my sin. And I've been born again. And so you got yourself a new daddy. I said, church family, I want y'all to listen to me, church family. Y'all been so loving to me and my family. Y'all placed me in so many positions of authority. And because of my love for you right now, I resign from every one of them because I'm not fit to serve. But pastor, I heard somebody say, you are now. That night, I followed my Savior in believer's baptism. And I'll never be baptized again. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward possession. And I never had it before July 7, 1985. Now I am 43 years old. Years later, I went to fish a tournament. In that tournament, Jimmy Houston, a dear brother of mine from Oklahoma, some of y'all seen him on TV, blonde-headed, looks like his wife put some bowl on his head to cut his hair. But that boy loves the Lord Jesus. And we've been friends for many years. And I shared with him about this. We saw each other that morning, and he said, Terry, where you been? I said, son, that's not important. Let me tell you what happened to me. Since you last saw me, I got saved. He said, yeah, we thought you were a Christian. I said, I did too. But I got convicted by the person of the Holy Spirit of God that I was a liar and a hypocrite. Oh, I was a deacon and all that. I was a minister of music for years. I led hundred-voice choirs. I sung all over America as a liar and a hypocrite. He said, would you come tonight to the focus meeting, for us, Christian fellowship meeting? Would you share your testimony? Hey, how about singing a song for us? I said, okay. That night I did a song that I know y'all heard. And I was trying to encourage these fishermen. That song was, People Need the Lord. As I was singing that song, the Holy Spirit of God dealt with me. He said, Terry, they can't share what they don't possess. And you can't either. 
And if you're not sharing Him, it's because more than likely you don't possess Him and you're not possessed by Him. And that's going to get straightened out today. Today is a new day in the life of many people who are going to say, well, I was religious. Bless God. I totally, unconditionally surrender to You, my Lord God. To God, my Father. God, the Lord Jesus. And God, the Holy Spirit. I went to the next tournament in Texas. And from then on, I was leading the worship services. And as I went all across America, I'd line up churches to go to. And I would take these great superstars to the church with me for them to share their testimonies. And people would flock to the church. And hallelujah, we saw a harvest of souls that only God could have done. But He did it. He did it in spite of me, not because of me. And that's what He'll do with you. What He does, He does it in spite of us. What He's done to this church, He did it in spite of that man right there. And that's why only He gets the glory. Here I am, 45 years old. And God called me to preach. No formal education. I said, but Lord, I don't have any formal education. He said, you got more than Peter did. He wrote two books in my Bible. He impressed my heart. Terry, do you love me? I mean, do you really love me? I said, yes, Lord. He said, just do it. Nike didn't come up with that one, folks. My Lord did. And He said, you just do it, and I will be with you, and I will speak through you, and you'll shut up, and the Holy Spirit of God will do the work. I said, what a deal. That's what I've done for 33 years. Now, I'm going to say something to brag on the Lord Jesus. You please hear my heart. There's nothing about Terry Shepard to brag on. Nothing. I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner, saved by grace, praise God. But what God has done in Team Jesus Ministries, I have seen Him through what He's called me to do. I've seen over 10,000 souls saved. Oh, dear friends, that had to be God. It had to be Him honoring His Word. It had to be the Holy Spirit of God doing His work. You see, I can't lead people to Jesus. That is the work of the Holy Spirit of God. I can't convict people of your sin. The Holy Spirit of God, that's His work. He's going to do it today. But what I can do is brag on my Lord. And my Lord's worth bragging on. And if you're not telling people about Jesus, if you're not bragging on Him... Can you tell me you're saved? You see, we brag on what we love the most. In my world, there's a lot of people that brag on a 12-inch-plus green fish. There's a lot of you even that brag on an animal that has antlers. A lot of you brag on your gun collection, your rods and reels. A lot of you brag on your mate. A lot of you brag on your children and your grandchildren. But my God's a jealous God. You're not.
not to love anything more than Him. Not even, you're not to brag on His Word. You're not to brag on this church. You're not to brag on that man that I love and you do too. He doesn't want you to brag on Him. If you really love Jesus, that's who you're going to brag on. My question is, do you really love Jesus? I miss my wife. I loved her. Fifty-two and a half years of marriage. But that morning she died. I prayed, God, we've been asking you to take her to heaven. She had dwindled down to 78 pounds. She was literally skinny bones. She didn't know me. She didn't know our children. She didn't know our grandchildren. But I prayed, Lord, don't let her forget who you are. But I said, Lord, as I gave her that morphine at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I was giving her an hourly dose of morphine, I gave her that medicine and I sat in that chair beside her bed, hospital bed, and I wouldn't put her in a facility, by the way. That was my bride. And I couldn't put her in a home and leave her there. She was my responsibility. Because next to my salvation, she's the greatest gift I ever received. And my job was to love her to her last breath. At five o'clock that morning, as I gave her the medicine, I sat down by the bed in my chair. Talk about doing some praying, folks, over several months. I did praying like you wouldn't believe. But that morning, I went to the Lord and I petitioned Him. And I said, Lord, you know I love her. And I recognize she's a gift from you to me. But I love her so much, Lord. I'm not asking. at 519 bless God at 520 she was gone I loved her so much I couldn't stand for her to suffer but bless God I couldn't do anything for her healing nobody on this earth could but bless God he did we have a nice home It's nothing compared to the mansion she's in now. And I'm going to see my bride again. That is a guarantee. You can only have that kind of peace and the comfort in your heart when your heart is ripped out of you. And many of you are going to find out because you're going to walk the road I've walked. I know our beloved pastor, Brother Jerry, said he's been married 47 years, 46, 47. I've got to chase a rabbit, and I've got to ask a question. Honey, what did you do with the dog? What did you do with the dog? As beautiful as you are, you had to have a seeing-eye dog to say, I do to him. <laughs> And obviously, since y'all got married, you've had a miraculous healing, okay? 
pagaren. Oh, by the way, I want to introduce y'all to somebody that I met this morning. She came after the service at Brother Terry. I was with a lady that gave her heart to Jesus this morning and got saved. And I want you to know right here's the beauty and there's the beast. Oh, I love to have fun. I love to laugh. But I promise you with all of my heart and every fiber of my existence, I'm not having fun and I'm not playing games when I'm telling you. Many of you have people that you care about. You have family members that you would look them in the eye and say, I love you. And you don't know for certain they're going to heaven. Don't you lie to them and tell them you love them or you care about them unless you are willing to make sure they're going to heaven with you. What you going to do when you stand over the grave of a parent, a sibling, somebody dear to you, and then Satan's going to beat on you. He's the one who convicts us. He draws us into sin and then convicts us for the fact we did it. And he's going to give you a guilt trip as to why you didn't share Jesus with him. Cry your eyes out, not because they're just gone, because you have condemned them to hell. Oh, I'd never do that, Terry. If you don't share the Lord Jesus with them, that's exactly what you're doing. In my heart of hearts, I don't believe this. I know this. God wants a hallelujah revival in this place of worship starting today. He's wanting a hallelujah revival. And that's not coming to hear great messages from a hotshot preacher. A revival is when you confess. Lord, I'm not being what I ought to be. And that's why I'm not doing what I ought to do. You see, we grade things on what you're doing. My Lord grades things on what do you mean? We lie when we sing songs such as, Oh, how I love Jesus. But preacher, don't ask me to get out here and go visit people and share Jesus with them. I might be asked a question I don't know how to answer. i got news for you. The Holy Spirit of God does. And if you're saved, He's in you. And He will empower you and enable you to do that. I've preached in front of all kinds of places you'd never dream of. From a radical, uneducated, redneck Georgia fisherman. I've preached on TBN many times. I preached to the Kentucky and the Georgia Baptist conventions, and I preached to those preachers, and I told them they all had their three-piece suits on. Hi there, I'm Dr. So-and-so. Okay, y'all know me. I said, are you a veterinarian or are you a gynecologist? I said, I want you to understand something. Your people are not interested how much education you have and how much knowledge you have. They just want to know, do you love me, preacher? And I said, so many of you are puffed up, proud, prima donna preachers preaching to the people out of the pulpit what the people want to hear. And you need to preach what the Holy Spirit of God wants to preach through you. Shut up and let Him do the preaching.
repeat myself. I'm an old man. I had that right, by the way. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I did not come here to be popular. I came here to love you enough to tell you the gospel truth and to point fingers at you. People say you're not supposed to do that. Yes, I am. If you're not being what God's called you to be, you need some fingers pointed at you. But also, you need to do some pointing like that. And you need to say, well, it's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. I'm praying right now that the Holy Spirit of God it's knocking so hard, your heart feels like it's about to pound out of your chest. I'm talking about even some leaders of this church. Some of you would say, well, wait a minute, I'm too old for God to use me. He called me at 45. I wrote a book when I was 65 years old. No, pardon me, 68 years old that I've taught from Maine to Florida to California called How to Be Wise in God's Eyes. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Are you a tree of life? If you're sharing the Lord Jesus with those people that you would raise their hand about, I've got family members and friends that I love, that I want them they're saved, you can be a tree of life for them and be used by the Lord for them to come to faith in Jesus. Or you can say, I ain't going to do it. And what you're saying to them is, go to hell. Oh, but Terry, I'd never say that. Yes, you are. Actions speak louder than words. But it's time for us to use the words of another song. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because He first loved me. And I'm going to love Him enough to be obedient and serve Him and share Him. I don't want anybody to do anything for me. But I'm praying the Holy Spirit of God is tearing you up right now. We may even have some staff members in here. You're not a soul winner? Get your heart right with Jesus or resign. You may have other areas of responsibility. Your responsibility is to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ and help grow the kingdom by sharing His love for you and your love for Him and them. Am I only speaking to the men today? Uh Uh-uh. Whosoever will. Now, I'm from Georgia. So I'm going to ask a favor of all you ladies. Would you all look at me and pull your mask down just a little bit? You know, Pastor, I told somebody earlier, boy, Arkansas sure does have some beautiful women. Men, I'm going to ask you to take that mask and pull it up even higher. I say more about that. 
many cases of beauty and the beast all over this room. I had to ask my brother over, I said, I asked her, I said, were you drunk when you said I do to him? <laughs> and I told him, I said, son, in football terms, you outputted your coverage. And he's rejoicing in it too. Yeah, folks, I love to have fun. And I love to share that my God loves you. And all He's wanting is to you to lift up the very one who shed His precious blood for you. The very one who commissioned the Holy Spirit of God upon your salvation to come into you. The very one who's paid your entropy into heaven. That's only the beginning. When you stand before Him, he has as recorded in the Word what's called the Soul Winner's Crown. And you need to be a recipient of that crown and all the jewels that are going to be in it. And that will happen as you love Him enough to love them to Him. Bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, oh, how we love you. Oh, how we praise you. Oh, how we thank you. Lord, I'm amazed that all the people you would have to come to this church this day, that you chose me. But thank you, Lord. Thank you. I pray, Lord. Those of these people would say, that a boy puts it out pretty blunt. And I pray not one of them would say, he really stepped on my toes. Because Lord, you know if they say that, I'm going to say, I'm sorry. I aimed higher than my toes. I aimed at your heart. And I pray the Holy Spirit of God would hit a bullseye in the hearts of everyone in this room who's not being what they ought to be so then that they will do what they ought to do. So Lord, right now, we want to honor and glorify you in obedience. As our sister said a while ago, the real picture of your love for Jesus is not coming to church or what you do in the church or how much money you give or all the other good things you do is in obedience. And Jesus said, you shall be my witness. And he did not have the word silent before witness. I'm praying your heart's touched. And you're going to be motivated not by me, but by the Holy Spirit to come forward in a moment declaring your salvation. But don't you dare lie and say I'm recommitting if He saved your soul today. And I believe in my heart many of you today had an encounter with the Lord. Brother, can I do something that's going to blow your mind? But I'm good at that. 
the most beautiful song in the world, don't you? It's called Jesus Loves Me. This I know for the Bible tells you. Do you see? Yeah. And we're going to sing that Doris part three times. And I want y'all to sing it with me. It's a hymn of invitation. Would y'all please stand with me? I want you to sing that beautiful, most beautiful song ever written. Jesus loves me, this I know. You say, well, wait a minute, that's a little child's song. That's why he wants you to come today as a little child. So we're going to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Then we're going to sing that chorus again. Yes, I love Jesus. Yes, I love Jesus. Yes, I love Jesus because He first loved me. And the third time we're going to sing, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, because you first loved me. And you're going to show it by doing what in your heart you know you ought to do to give Him all the praise, honor, and glory. So we're going to start singing. You start coming. Pastor, I don't know who's going to be here to receive them, whatever. But I'll venture to call my brother. But we're going to sing that song. Y'all going to sing with me. Okay, KOC. Jesus loves me.